Get ready for everything you need to know right now to improve the performance of your Google Shopping campaigns. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method, could be email, SEO, Facebook ads, and each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month has been all about Google ads. We've covered the big picture. We've covered what's coming up. We've covered how to get started. We've looked at building a whole conversion funnel and we've gone deep, deep, deep into your keyword campaigns. Well, we're wrapping up in this episode with the big one for e-commerce brands. Yes, this is our episode all about Google shopping campaigns. Get ready for that in a moment. You're going to learn everything you should be doing with Google shopping campaigns right now. Before we get into all of that, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online Online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with Google Ads expert, Becky Hopkin. Becky runs my favorite Google Ads agency, Digital Gearbox. And as well as doing great work for multiple e-commerce brands, they also run our ads across Google, Facebook, and Reddit. Hello, Becky. Hi, Chloe. How are you? I'm good. As always, really pleased to have you um, back on the show. I was going to say which show, because we do quite a few of these. So you're back on Keep Optimizing today, which is very cool. Um, Nice to be back. It's always good to have you because I know you're going to give the audience loads of value. So we know, you and I certainly know that Google shopping campaigns are awesome for brands and e-commerce brands and e-commerce businesses and retailers and boutiques or whatever sort of e-commerce business you're running, Google shopping is awesome. But a lot of brands still just aren't getting the ROI, the ROAS, the performance they deserve from it. What are the common problems you're coming across with people who've, who've set this up at the moment? So I think too many people get a little bit confused with with the setup of Google Shopping and just getting it up and running and just making it happen that they don't actually think about how Google makes Google Shopping work in the first place. Obviously, with keywords, it's a lot simpler. Yeah, it is kind of a marathon to set it up, isn't it? It's like, oh, we've got to create a feed. Oh God, how are we going to do that? Oh, we'll find an app, but that didn't really work. So we'll find another app and that didn't work. And then finally we've got something that works and we fed it into merchant centers. So we had to create another account. And then we managed to get that to talk to our Google ads. And oh, is it actually live? Yeah. Is it live? <laughs> and then all of that work up just leads you to go, okay, I'm just going to sit that done and I'm going to ignore it for the next Well, that's it. People years. don't want to break it because it takes such an effort of setting it up. They're mm. like, it's running. My products are out there. Let's just leave it. Leave it alone. And yeah, there's there's just so much you can do to to make your Google shopping work harder. And I think 
I mean, Google bless them. They've they've kind of made a rod for their own backs because they try and push everyone onto the smart shopping as well. Because it, again, it simplifies the process. And when we're all stressed out, looking, I want to get my shopping campaigns out. You're like, oh, smart, oh, quick and easy. I'm going to go with that option. Why? Why do I want to think about how I might structure my my campaign? Mm-hmm. And again, the problem with that is that people, well, the problem with smart shopping overall is just the lack of insight you get from it. You don't know what it is about the campaign that's working. It's really hard to see within the Google Ads interface anyway, what products are selling and what returns and just where the opportunity is. Whereas if you spend some time in the first place to create a standard shopping campaign that's set up well, that's well segmented has a nice optimization strategy in place. You can learn so much and then progress as a kind of a second phase into testing some of the smart technology, whether that's automated bidding or even trying a smart shopping campaign. I'm not anti-smart shopping. I just think you need to go into it with an understanding of how it works for your business. Yeah, it's not the no-brainer option, is it? It's it, we we actually need to, you you would do you are better advised to learn how shopping works before deciding whether smart shopping is is for you or not. You mentioned a lot of things we should be doing there, Becky. So let's break a couple of those down. Um, segmentation, I think we shall start with. Yeah, so one of the things I still see time and time again is just a single campaign with all the products in one ad group in a shopping campaign again it's running away and you can see all the all the normal stats but you again it's not broken down by anything meaningful so you don't know what products are performing well and which ones aren't or even kind of beyond products what kind of categories are performing well so we recommend thinking about segmenting um your campaigns by things i mean it's going to vary per business but kind of common segmentation strategies might be by brands or product category so if we went for say a kitchenwares brand yep what you see is you see people who've set up that campaign that single ad group and then the one account they've got placemats coasters mugs frying pans saucepans tea towels Mm -hmm. all that stuff is all in one ad group all with the same bid all with the same bid exactly yeah that's that's exactly the problem with that it's all one thing you can't you can't see whether your tea towels are performing better than your kitchen cupboards or anything like that and yeah you can't optimize based on performance because you just don't have that data and don't have that level of control yeah all the all the attributes well most of the attributes in the feed you can create segmentation rules by so like I said brand is quite a popular one if you're selling multiple brands or category but actually kind of a a next step I'll call it my ninja recommendation (laughs) would be actually to create campaigns that are segmented by either margin brackets or by a certain KPI target because you want to know you want to be able to easily look at those campaigns at a very top level and understand whether it's profitable for you. So to go back to our kitchenware Mm -hmm. piece, we can either go for segmentation by one ad group with all the mugs in, one ad group with all the placemats in, one ad group with, I was going to say knives, I'm not sure you can sell knives on via Google, so uh, I'll go with tea towels. We'll go back to tea towels. towels. (laughs) Um, So you could have tea towels, placemats and mugs, Mm -hmm. and then you could do, I don't know, uh, Le Creuset, 
as a brand attack, um, you could do, uh, she's struggling to think of a tea towel brand. <laughs> you could do maybe Pantone in the world of mugs, yep. for example, and you could do Wedgwood. So you've got the brands or you've got the categories. And then if we've got an amazing margin deal on our Pantone mugs, mm-hmm. then we might separate them off to take advantage of our margin. Whereas if our tea towel margin is appalling, we'd want to manage that differently because it's got different KPIs. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, you might, it really depends on how many SKUs you have and how kind of your products are broken down as to the different ways you can slice and dice it. But yeah, what kind of the way we approach it is that you want to, let's say you've got a, a segment of products that you know you can spend up to 20% of your costs to get sales for, whereas you've got another range where you're only going to be profitable if you're selling at 5%. By having them in separate campaigns, you can very easily monitor that at a very top level. Um, In terms of kind of the ad group segmentation within those campaigns, it could be them based on the brand or the categories, again, depending on how many uh, SKUs you have, or even at a single product level. We do that quite a lot, the old SPAG, single product ad group. (laughs) And what we like about actually the SPAG approach is that you can then at a very granular level see exactly what search terms are matching for that single product. Whereas the more you group things together, it's harder to figure that out. But again, it completely depends how many products you're managing and as to whether that's going to be appropriate for your business or not. I suppose also potentially it brings into play customer lifetime value. So if you are, I don't know, a new range of shampoo, you know, hair care products, and you know most people buy the shampoo in the first instance, Mm -hmm. you could have the shampoo in a group where where you're happy to be loss making. Yeah. But the conditioners and the styling products you need to be profitable on because they're not generally the first thing people buy. Yeah. Perfect, perfect example. But in terms of the difference this can make, just when you're making optimization decisions, you can you know where to bid up because you can just see exactly based on those breakdowns where things are working how you want them to and where they're not so in terms of when we've taken over accounts that have had no segmentation and then put segmentation in place we've seen increased click through rates reduced click costs because you can just cut out all the things you're wasting money on and obviously the more important metrics are better conversion rates and lower cost per conversion so i mean we we had an account I was looking at kind of the data from last year and the cost per conversion went down by 52% just by putting segmentation in place. So it can make wow. a massive difference. And it's something that so many people just don't think about because they're just trying to get that campaign up and running. So the segmentation is the first thing we need to make sure we've done. And what I'm taking from what you've been saying is there's there's a lot of ways we could do it, but to start off with the most logical way, probably on day one. Yeah. And then if you need to change it further down the line, you can, but go with the most logical and you're probably going to see some benefit, even if it turns out not to be the perfect one over the next couple of years of testing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we set up structures, um, to begin with and we learn from them and then we might decide actually when we're going through the search terms, it would be better grouped in another way because we're seeing a lot of people using color terms, for example, and we're like, actually, should we put all the the red products in a campaign together so we can better optimize for that so be led by be led by a data but yeah from a kind of initial starting point what's going to make the most sense for your business and 
is there a a big differentiating factor between different products and how you're expecting them to perform? And once we've got the segments set up, what what other things are people failing to do? Well, this is kind of the one, the very, there's one beyond before that segmentation, actually, which kind of influences the segmentation. And that's actually the feed setup itself. Um, And again, it can be such a clunky process creating a feed that people, people forget that it's the feed that fuels the the placement and where the ads, what terms, what queries, sorry, the ads are going to appear for. And so many people forget that things like the titles need to be optimized for Google to be able to find them. And there's a lot of best practice out there about how you can structure your titles, like making sure that the brand is in that title is really important. And it's something that people just forget to do, Uh, making sure that the key attributes are in there. It can make such a difference. I've had people come to me going, yeah, I just don't get any impressions for my products on shopping. And you look at the product titles and they just don't describe what that product is accurately. It might be just an internal name like the Neptune chair or something. And Google (laughs) doesn't know what the Neptune chair is. It wants to know that it's it's an orange swivel chair with chrome base, for example. And so looking at those titles, optimizing them, um, making sure you've got correct identifiers in there. So having things like the GTIN number, if you don't have a GTIN number, Google is less likely to show your products. Apparently you get 200% more clicks if you've got a GTIN. So you want to make sure if you've got that information, you can put it in. Um, making sure that your pricing and availability is accurate. I know some people have such a headache with getting the feeds out of their website system that they sometimes opt for a manual feed solution, which is a workaround, but they forget if they update the price on the website, but they need <laughs> to update the price on the feed. And if uh, if you don't have a good history of correct pricing, Google again can penalize your ranking there, or even worse, disallow your whole merchant center account so you've got to be on top of these things um i've had people as well where they where they have solutions in place plugins or what have you where the product ids change regularly as well on um, in the feeds and that means when you actually set up the segmentation especially if you're doing single product ad groups like we do you do it based on the the product id and if that changes it then ruins the whole structure and your ads stop appearing because you're telling Google to show um, an ad for a product that no longer exists on your system. So you've got to understand how the product ID is being created and make sure it's not going to be changing if you're going to be updating things on the website. Do you have a favorite widget or plugin, or app thing that you've seen people use or is there they're not one that's that's sufficiently universal? I've not come across one. I know there's various third-party tools for feed management systems. I'll be honest, I've I've never used them. It, it normally comes, I think the most important thing is making sure that you're using the, um, you're understanding where the feed data is coming from, from your website and updating it that way. Again, I speak to people that don't even know where the feed's coming from and it, the information differs from what's on their website. So um, understanding that and knowing how you can control it. Is, is because the, the thing is nine times out of ten the information that's best in the feed is the information that would actually be best on your website exactly so, 
So we don't need a complicated app that enables us to amend things. We Nine times out of 10, we just need to take the hint from Google Ads and go and improve our website. Exactly. I mean, it's all it's all SEO effectively. If Google can't understand it from your product title or in your feed, why would they understand it from your product title from an organic point of view? So it's best practice to try and update it in the native system. So for those of us who've got our feed happening, yeah. we've ignored it once we've had it set up. We now know we need to go and double check our feed is accurate, mm-hmm. potentially go back and tweak some things on the website to make it better. Uh, we need to segment those ad groups and campaigns out. Anything else that's going to give us some super quick wins with our Google Shopping campaigns? Um, optimizing it. <laughs> so the other thing people don't do, again, like I said, they set it up, they get it going. They forget to they forget to optimize it. So they forget to look at the search terms. Now you can't see the search terms if you're running smart shopping campaigns. So maybe that's why you're not looking at them. But if it's not a smart shopping campaign, you should be looking at those search terms and seeing for what queries your products are showing for. And because we don't have the same sort of control that we do with good old keywords your your products often will appear for a kind of a broader range of queries now they should be relevant to the things in your feed if they're not again it's time to look back at the feed content and go why is it matching on this query but um, you should be going through those search terms you should be adding negative keywords to block anything that's not a good descriptive of your product you should be getting rid of terms that perhaps are too broad because we're talking, the great thing about shopping is that people are in the market at that point in time. They can see what it looks like. They can see the price. If you're if you're spending a lot of money on a really broad description, going back to the chairs, if you're spending a load of money on people just searching for chairs without specifying swivel chair, it might not be worthwhile. So you optimize by the performance based on those search terms rather than the keywords you set and you get rid of things that are costing you money and aren't working or just are irrelevant and wasting you money. So it's both negative keywords sculpting like we do with our keywords, but also going back to the original data, the feed and trying to identify and eradicate the gremlins. Eradicate those gremlins, yeah. And if you if you do have a lot of campaigns, um, just kind of a, a thing to fast track the learnings you're making do utilize negative keyword lists for those irrelevant terms so that if you're adding it in one campaign and it's not relevant for your business is going to be adding it for all of them so that you don't have to go in several times and keep adding the same keyword there's nothing more depressing than chasing a keyword across a google ads campaign <laughs> yeah <laughs> over, over, over a number of weeks as you slowly eradicate it exactly. because as soon as you remove it from somewhere google finds somewhere else to charge you for it yeah Exactly. And then really the other element is is the bidding and the way you set up your campaigns um, gives you more control. As, as long as you applied the segmentation, I've said it gives you more control to move those bids up and down based on performance. But I would say once you've got a good idea of how your campaign's performing and as long as you've got conversion tracking and a good amount of sales data um, that you've fed Google with, that's when you want to start looking at testing some automated bidding and how that can work for your campaigns. So the automated bidding can be a good opportunity with Google Shopping? Absolutely. So like I said, I'm not against automation. Um, the benefit of Google's automated bidding strategies is that they can 
make adjustments based on data that we simply don't have access to. So things like your price, um, your product price, Google can recognize um, if people are selling the same product and you're more competitive and they can nudge your bid up because they know that it's quite likely that people should buy. So that kind of optimization that can't be done by us as as human marketers can be done through smart bidding. And there's kind of three ways, well, there's three uh, routes to automated bidding. There's enhanced cost per click, which is kind of the maybe the first step you might take. And that's where you still have the manual bids, but Google has the opportunity to nudge things up a little bit or nudge it down. Then there's the target return on ad spend, which is the big sexy one that they like to push because you can go, yeah, I want to make £5 for every £1 I'm spending and tell Google that. And Google then can take over and try and achieve that for you. And then there's maximized clicks, which if you don't have that conversion data, say you're selling a high value product and you're only getting 10 sales a month. The other two um, options, they rely on that conversion data. Google wants at least 30 sales a month, I think, possibly 50 for target ROAS. So maximize clicks gives you an opportunity to play a bit with automa- uh, automation, but it doesn't rely on you having that conversion tracking in place. Got you, but it could be a route to getting enough orders. It could. To then <laughs> it could. Be able to add it later. Okay, cool. Um, so that's the basics we need to put in place. Mm-hmm. We've explored over other episodes in this one of our masterclass series that a lot's been changing in the world of Google ads. So what's been changing in Google shopping campaigns that we need to know about? Um, so a couple of things. I think the biggest change that is here and is is coming as well, is the launch of their Performance Max campaign, which the, the time <laughs> Do we have to say it like that? You is do that have to say it because you see, <laughs> like, as, a, as an advertiser, you go into Google and you're like, oh, what campaign shall I run? And you see search campaigns, shopping campaigns, and you see Performance Max, and it's almost... <laughs> for, for someone who doesn't know what the campaigns are, you'd be like, ooh... I want to maximize my performance. Of course, I'll go for performance max. And basically, these are the the upgrade, I'd say, on smart shopping campaigns. So actually, Google is replacing smart shopping campaigns um, between, well, summer this year, they will be upgrading all those smart shopping campaigns to performance max campaigns. So anyone who's currently running smart shopping, they don't need to do anything because Google's going to automatically turn it into a performance max. Now, historically, when Google's automatically made some changes, there probably are things you need to do. So I'm guessing that's what you're going to tell us next. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you need to do anything as such, but be be aware. I think so the real difference between smart shopping and performance max is that the performance max is supposed to extend the reach of your smart shopping campaigns. So now smart shopping campaigns go beyond a shopping channel anyway. But the idea with performance max is that it goes even further. So these ads are going to be creeping onto YouTube. They're going to be going onto Google Maps. They're going to be going onto Gmail, which sounds fantastic. They're promising they're going to get you in front of new potential customers and you kind of sit there go, ooh, more customers. 
And they said they're going to use more machine learning and they're going to give you performance gains of 30% is what what they're promising. And you're like, oh, sounds good. (laughs) But if you're running smarter shopping campaigns, say you didn't do any of the things I've just talked about, you didn't start with standard shopping, you're like, I'm just going to go smart. If it's not quite working how you want it to, problem is, you don't know why that is because there's no there's no breakdown on the platforms that they've been showing your ads on. You can't see the keywords that your ads are showing for. So there's no way you can really refine it. And by if you're not getting the returns you want from a smart shopping campaign and it's going to upgrade you into this performance max, yes, they're saying we're, we're going to get you performance gains of 30%, but there's no guarantee of that. And if it's not working there, it's not if it's not working now and, and it doesn't work then, you're just not going to have any insight as to why that is. It could be that they're chucking a load of your money on the display network, for example, with some remarketing campaigns. Or if it is working, you're not going to know, hey, there's some real opportunity to scale up if I did some focused efforts on this one channel. So it's it's not that you need to really do anything if you're running smart shopping but I'd say if if you don't have the the understanding as to what's working then you're missing out on an opportunity to to really scale up in certain areas and even refine and reduce spend on the things that aren't. And with Performance Max, is that the only way we can gain access to these additional advertising positioning spaces the YouTubes and all the rest of it or can we turn those on and off in a standard Google shopping campaign as well so you can't turn all the channels on I know some of them you can so you can extend onto certainly YouTube oh no they do keep changing these they have that little tick box that says (laughs) it expands the the reach of my ads but it's not going to be all the channels that they're promising now. Um, But what you can do is create dedicated campaigns for these different areas where you then have control, knowing exactly the placement that your product is going to be shown on. And you can decide, okay, I want to put this much money into that and monitor the performance independently. So it's, it's more legwork. I get that. But knowledge is power. Knowledge is indeed power when it comes to running any of these ads, especially when, we, when we're optimizing them. Um, thank you, Becky. That was a brilliant run through of what's happening in Google Shopping campaign world. We're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of Google ads. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Becky, so far we've gone deep, very deep actually, into Google shopping campaigns. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of Google ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Google ads, which of course does include Google shopping campaigns. Are you ready? 
Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? So you need to know what you're looking to achieve, basically. Uh, Again, so many people kind of go on going, I'll just see if it gets me any sales. But ideally, how many sales are you looking to achieve? What is your max cost per sale or your target ROAS? what is going to make this a viable channel for you to continue because if you don't know those numbers you're not going to know exactly how much you need to put into the campaign to test whether it is viable for you I think too many people are scared and go I'll just put 50 pound in and see if I get any sales which probably won't be enough money and it, it hasn't got any benchmarks or targets in place to know if it's successful so Define what you're looking to achieve. Make sure you've set up the tracking to track that. (laughs) And also, I think, especially for shopping, you need to really understand what the marketplace looks like on the platform. So Google the products that you have. Is anyone else advertising them? What are they saying? What how are you um priced? Because if you're selling something that everyone else is selling, but they're selling for cheaper, you've got to make it clear from your image potentially (laughs) and your description of that product on shopping as to why they might want to pay that extra money which is a real challenge and if there is such a big discrepancy it's going to be hard to do that then shopping might not be the best channel for you it might be search so yeah a little bit of competitor research and clear goals yeah, I, I love those two. And I think the second one in particular, going and having a look on the actual search engine results page is something so many people get so obsessed with the back end of Google and they forget to ever look at the front end. Yeah. And it's it's a mine of useful information for both Google Ads and SEO. Um, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing never more true words than with Google Ads. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? So I've talked about a few of them already. Um, So obviously looking through the search terms, but really it's data-driven led analysis. So spending, there's so much data you can pull out and look at, but make sure you're focusing on on the key metrics, the ones that actually mean something. So you can get way too hung up on things like click through rates. Yes, they matter. But actually, if you are going for sales and you're going for profitable sales, you want to be making optimization decisions based on whether it's profitable for you. And yes, you've got to factor in things like um, customer lifetime value and that kind of thing. But make sure you're not just keeping things running just because you think it should work. Let the data tell you if it is working and and optimize accordingly. So don't be afraid to turn things off that are just sucking your money away and put it into the things that do work. Simple as that, everyone. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, the answer is in the data. If someone learn, someone learning, if someone listening wants to learn more about Google Ads, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? I'm going to name two. Google's own help resources, I think, are always a great place to start. Yes, they have their own um, what's the agenda <laughs> they want you to spend <laughs> and they will push you towards automation. But for things like feed optimization, they've got a really fantastic, really detailed guide to how you should be optimizing your feed that no one seems to pay attention to. So um, Google's own help resources. And then for general Google advice, I'm going to shout out to my own podcast, The PPC Burrito 
where we talk about all kinds of fun PPC topics. Excellent. Yes, great podcast on the, on the topic of PPC, the PPC burrito. Um, okay, finally, Becky, it is crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Well, I'd be amiss not to mention the the cookie-less future or cookie-mageddon as some people are talking about. So um, obviously Google is still working that out and they're adding lots of new features and talking about how they're trying to deal with that. So things like enhanced conversions that are disappearing in a number of our accounts that they're suggesting people set up um, and things like topic target changing on display ads there's so much happening there and it keeps changing so I can't really pinpoint exactly one thing but it's just something that everyone needs to keep their ear to the ground and keep learning obviously we went through it with Facebook and iOS 14 last year and we're still feeling um, some of the um, consequence of that change last year so it is a journey um, a frustrating one for marketers who love data like me, but one that we will all get through together. And it does feel like we've got a little bit more time and information to get used to the Google set of changes than we did to the Apple forced on Facebook set of yes. changes. Yeah. Which is good news, everyone, honestly. It may not feel like it, but it is good news. Um, Becky, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? Sure. So you can find my business, Digital Gearbox, at www.digitalgearbox.co.uk. We're also on all the socials at Digital Gearbox. And if anyone's looking to talk to me personally, you'll find me at, at Becky Hopkin, on, again, on most most social platforms. Excellent. Thank you, Becky. It's been uh, been great getting a reminder of what's going on in the world of Google shopping campaigns. And I hope, I can't imagine we haven't, but I hope we've got several retailers to up their game on Google shopping today. So uh, thank you for being here. Your fingers crossed. Thank you, Chloe. So lots of things there to improve your Google shopping campaigns, whether you are you know, already fully segmented, running the spags, doing the keyword sculpting, there's still stuff in there for you to do to take it up a level. And if you are one of the people who has just got as far as getting the feed integrated and then gone, that'll do, I'm going to ignore it for a while, please do take Becky's advice, go back in do the keyword sculpting, look at those search query reports, add your negatives, look at your feed, how can you improve it, do the segmentation of your ad groups and your products and look at what bidding strategies you're running. It will make a big difference um, to your return on investment and it may even, you know, it, it will help you spend your budget better and it may bring you more sales as well as better ROI. So well worth taking those steps. They're not as difficult as they seem. And if you've got questions about any of it, come and join us in the webinar. Uh, but I get ahead of myself. First of all, I'm supposed to tell you that you can get links to all the stuff we've just been discussing, the transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. There you can also sign up to that monthly Q&A webinar because next week, um, all of my Google Ads specialists are hopefully joining us for a live Q&A session so you can get your questions answered. So if you've got questions about Google Shopping campaigns, bring them along and you'll get multiple answers on what you should be doing. So to do that, just head to keepoptimizing.com, go to the webinar tab and there you can sign up and find out when it's all happening. And if this is a way down the track and you're listening, you'll be able to go and go to that URL to find uh, the replays too. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you were a bit 
questionable about those that GTIN bit that Becky mentioned, the GTINs. We did a whole ep- we did an episode where we talked a lot about those. Episode fifty seven in our marketplaces group, the five things you must get right for a successful launch, includes quite a bit about GTINs uh, with a very knowledgeable GTIN uh, guest. So go back and have a listen to that one if you're going GTINs, GTINs. What do I do with GTINs? Our whole set of episodes about Google ads is now live. So please do have a listen to all of them because they work really well together to give you a real masterclass of what's relevant to improve Google ads performance right now. And make sure you tune in next Wednesday when we're going to start our next series of shows, our next mini masterclass, which is all about email marketing. So make sure you're subscribed to us in whatever podcast app you're listening on or follow us there if that's the wording they use and make sure you're on our email list as well. And if you know someone who's particularly interested in Google ads or email marketing at the moment, please, please, please let them know that that's what we're currently covering because the show exists to help all of us improve our marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.